0: Cut
1: it, cut it, cut it. Welcome to the NZ Ahead podcast. Everything you need to know about moving to and living in New Zealand.
0: There's a whole world here.
1: So nice to be with you again. We call it Otero around here, bro. Uh-huh. You'll be right. We are your hosts, Liz and Brian.
0: Amazing New Zealand in the southern seas. See, that's where I belong. That's home.
1: Hello and welcome to the NZ Ahead podcast. I'm Liz and I'm Brian and today we've got something slightly different for you. We're going to be sharing an episode, a podcast episode that was originally recorded and released on our other podcast called It's a Drama. Um, For those of you who haven't been to the It's a Drama podcast, it's a podcast that focuses on, it's a very personal podcast where me and Brian talk about uh, all different things, starting businesses, raising teenagers, taking them traveling around the world, Travelling, just life in general, living in general and, yeah. and,
2: and living just outside your comfort zone, yeah. hopefully, you know, and on a shoestring as yeah. well. You know, it's all about those things. So
1: hopefully it won't always be on a shoestring though, no, Brian, because one day we'll what? be rich and famous. I know, but
2: you know <laughs> you <laughs> know, and you just like want to enjoy yourself. Uh, not uh, not enjoy yourself, not um just test it and see how far you can take it, like, you know, mm. and living on a hundred NZ dollars a day. De- N Z dollars. I like the NZ dollars, do you? Then uh,
1: spit it out, man. Come on, when when
2: you're traveling the world, that's not easy. (laughs) Give it a go.
1: (laughs) So, basically, yeah, what we want to say is if you haven't been to the It's a Drama podcast, you just get us bumbling on about life over there. (laughs) Anyway, this episode was recorded on that podcast and it talks about, but I think you're going to really like it because the guy that I'm chatting to, his name is Finn, um, Finlay. We call him Finn. And he is a teen... He's not a teenager. He's 22. Yeah. And he grew up in New Zealand. He was yeah. born in New Zealand.
2: His uh, parents are um, UK immigrants yes. uh, to New Zealand. And so, like you say, he was born here in New Zealand. Yeah. So he's, a, he's a, an out-and-out Kiwi. So,
1: And I wasn't going to share this episode on this podcast. But you know what? It's so good that you're going to love it. I know you are. Because if you're moving to New Zealand and you've got kids, especially a boy, um, you're going to think, OK, I want to see what it's like. From a male perspective, of a, from a young man's perspective, he goes into such detail. It's very—I oh, don't want to say it's deep, but it is. His—it's because that's what we do on the It's a Drama podcast. So I focus more on you know get into the bottom of real good stuff. So the, what you're about to hear is from Finlay's heart about his real experience and. I'm so proud of him. When we finished this podcast, I was just, oh, thank you so much, because he talks about the struggles that he had as a as a teenager with depression and with battling with that Kiwi culture of, you know, the he calls it, she'll be right. But I'm going to let him tell you all about that because he is a Kiwi and he tells it far better than I can. Um. So, yeah, we just want you to jump. Uh, sorry, no, wonder we don't want you to jump. We want you to sit down. Sit down. <laughs> jump up and down. Come on. Put your headphones on. <laughs> we want you Have to a sit. little sleep. We want you to sit down, sit back and enjoy this extra long episode from the It's a Drum podcast where you are about to meet a real Kiwi guy named Finlay. Got it, got it, got it. So I think we should just start by you saying who you are and just a little bit about yourself.
2: Well, um, my name's Finlay Morris. I'm a 22-year-old waiter who wants to do acting as his hobby and and profession, if I can get around to it. Um, Yeah, that's... That's my basic gist.
1: Right. Well, before we go any further, young man, I'm going to step in and go. A 23 year old waiter for a start. You're the manager, the acting manager at that diner.
2: Yeah, I am the manager of the yeah. diner. Yeah.
1: And you do it really, really well. So. Thank you. Yeah. Your parents aren't Kiwis, are they?
2: No, my mother is Scottish and my father is English.
1: Right. And but you were born in New Zealand,
2: born and raised here in Tairākī.
1: And you got a sister and a brother.
2: Yep. Yeah. yeah. Both are older.
1: You realise if they listen to this, they're going to go, he didn't even mention us, he didn't even say about us. <laughs> so were they born in New Zealand as well?
2: Yes, uh, my entire family um, has been born in New Zealand mm. by brother and sister. Yeah.
1: And you've lived in New Plymouth all your life, haven't yeah, you? Yeah,
2: just New Plymouth. I've done a lot of travelling, but yeah, raised, born and raised here.
1: Where's the best place you've ever traveled to?
2: I really liked vietnam Mm. um it's just such a different take on the world plus it's got so much history behind it and the culture is just amazing not to mention the food
1: Mm. gorgeous isn't it vietnam absolutely i love it vietnamese food um the reason i want not just the reason that you're a friend of the family and the reason i wanted to chat with you is because you're brilliant at um you're you're a, a performer brilliant singer brilliant actor and I just wanted to chat to you because um, there is such a stigma about New Zealand, the male culture in New Zealand, for instance, just this whole Kiwi, macho, you know, Mm -hmm. beer drinking. They've got a bit of a tough image, haven't they?
2: Yeah, like being in a country that's primarily farming based Mm -hmm. um, and being macho, I mean, like you said, the she'll be right culture Mm -hmm. um, where... A man should be a man, and a woman should be a woman. It's like I remember during school, um, I went to a religious school, and all through it, it was very academic and sports-based. Arts didn't get introduced till about my fourth to last year at school, where they did it as a try-it-out. It's part of the curriculum, but you don't have to do it in your future years. But being me, I obviously wanted to do it. So I did it for the next two years to my second to last year of school when they told us that the last year of school, they're just going to cancel the subject. It's not for the school. It's like Mm. they didn't have a reasoning. Like they didn't let us merge classes or they just completely throw it out. But that same year they gave an extra like $20,000 to the sports department. Did they? Just, um...
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to talk about your schooling for a little bit because you went to Montessori, is that right?
2: Uh, Montessori when I was a very little one right. and I went to West End Primary
1: mm-hmm.
2: and then I went straight into Francis Douglas Memorial College. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is an all boys school. All boys school.
1: A religious all boys school. Are yeah. you a, a religious family? Do you come from a religious family?
2: Not at all. My family has always been um, realist with the world. Mm hmm. Um, never introduced religion into my family. The, though they made me aware of it, all types of religions, they informed me about everything. And they've been supportive. They're like, you can believe in whatever you would like, and we won't tell you you're wrong, because we don't know what's right. And I, that's how I like to see everything. Mm. I don't say anyone's wrong for what they believe in, but I'm also not going to say they're right. Mm,
1: they sound like cool parents.
2: Yeah, they're very understanding and supportive.
1: Yeah. So... Tell me why you went to an all-boys Catholic school.
2: So I went to Francis Douglas because my brother went to Francis Douglas. Normally, if you're not baptised, you have to go onto a waiting list to enter the school, um, which my brother had to do. And when he went to school, it was the highest output of academic students. Mm -hmm. Um, And since my brother went there, I wouldn't have to do a wait time. I could just go straight into the school. Right. Um, and at the time, cause when I finished West End primary, I was like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Mm. It's the easiest thing to do is just go to easy school.
1: How old are you when you finished primary school in New Zealand?
2: I, it was year six is your last year at school. And I'm pretty sure that is 12 years old. Right. So you go to. Um, high school when you're 13
1: mm.
2: in year seven, I'm pretty sure.
1: But Francis Douglas, if I'm, if I'm right, isn't it a combined intermediate and college? You know, high yeah. school and intermediate, yeah.
2: So you can choose to go to an intermediate, which is year seven and eight. Yeah. Which some parents like to send their kids to because then the kids aren't daunted with older students. Yeah. Um, I don't know, just looming over their kids. Uh, but it never phased me. When I went to France Douglas, like um, sure, you could see the big kids, but you really mingled with them. Mm. They were all minding their own business um yeah,
1: so just tell me a little bit about your 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 your, fa- your parents what what do they do for a job
2: so both my parents were in the medical right. um they're both retired now
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh they are workaholics though so <laughs> ever since
1: both <All> parents are <laughs>
2: <laughs> ever since they um quote unquote retired about two years ago they've still done work because they haven't been able to leave the country properly right um plus just general income is always nice yeah extra spending money and they Um, go to
1: um don't they go and do you you were saying about your mum goes to like doctor surgeries and and jumps in and helps out what's it called that when you do that um Not a locomotive or something, but something like that, isn't (laughs) it? It's not the right word, but... (laughs)
2: um, So she originally worked out in right? at the health clinic and she was the head of the clinic. Um, And that was my entire life growing up. She was out there. So if I ever had a sick day or something, I'd be taken out to Waitara, spend the day in the clinic. Um, But ever since she retired, she now just goes to different practices and just assists them, especially with COVID and stuff. Mm. Um, Just talking to people about how certain things work and whatnot. My dad's done the same thing. He's actually helped a business start um, called Fast-Paced Solutions, which is uh, easy practice. You go in, they give you a quick rundown, and they give you a brief diagnostic of what's happening. Right. Um, And then they say you could do this, this, and this. Mm. Um,
1: he's a doctor as well, is he? Yeah, G- so
2: he's, he's a GP. GP, yeah. Um, but he never really... Focused on that, he's always done different things. Like when he came to New Plymouth, he helped with a sleep apnea business. Mm, I
1: remember um, you telling me about that,
2: yeah, because it was apparently such a big problem in Taranaki, and there was no way like no dedicated business towards sleep apnea. Mm. Um, which is strange because he has sleep apnea and oh. he never really fixed it. Um, it's
1: always the way, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's always the way. <laughs> so
2: he, yeah, so he helped make this business. And then he sold off the business and then he just started working in clinics again. Mm. Um, He always said he was more of a nurse than a doctor Mm. when he said he was fine with it.
1: Mm. And what about your brother? Your brother is what, tell me what he does.
2: So my brother, I've been talking to recently. So he, when he left school, he went and studied genetics at university. And after a few years of studying that, he ended up graduating with his, um, I think he got I think he got his masters in the end in genetics. but now he's now living with his wife mm-hmm. in Blenheim on a farm and he's taken on farming. Oh really? Yeah he is now how old is he? He is 27 right now. and um, he has two sheep, six <laughs> chickens, about 32 hamsters. Oh um, and he's just fallen in love with this farm life. And it, I don't know if that's just because, that's the New Zealand way, falling mm. into farming, but um, I guess Blenheim it's just such a small, like village, yeah, with vineyards and whatnot, yeah, and he's. It, just fallen in love with it. He just loves his animals. Ah. Um,
1: and you love your animals as oh, well, don't love, you?
2: I've always been an animal guy.
1: So your mum and dad are doctors or GPs. Your brother's in medical field too,
2: mm-hmm.
1: genetics. Even though he's hamster raising now. <laughs> and your sister, what does she's a?
2: So she's also in medical. She's a paramedic. Right. She drives the ambulances. Oh, and, um, good
1: girl. Well done, sister. She's Lucy. Her name is, Lucy, isn't she? Yeah. yeah. Well done.
2: She's had a few. Um, months off because she had a shoulder injury as a kid because she used to do gymnastics and dance that she just pushed too much and it's just reoccurred so she's not allowed to um because you have to be fully functional pretty much when working these ambulances Mm. because if something goes wrong
0: like Mm.
2: it could cost someone their life um so she's just been living at home just yeah just working yeah just i've got so much home.
1: respect for for um paramedics and oh the people first on the scene you've mm. got to have so many skills other than what you do professionally you've got yep. to have people skills as well haven't you you know
2: yeah. like um she always tells me these stories of like getting to a scene and then like stuff happens and um just more she's told me it's going to sound weird but she's just gotten more numb to it right um i remember her first um Flatline scene when oh. she was there, and she was just devastated. But she says it's just it's just really common, mm. and um, there's just not much you can do about it. No. And then there's stuff like um DNRS, which is do not resuscitate, and she says it's such a panic when you someone starts flatlining, and you start doing compressions or you get the defibrillators out, but you can't actually do anything until you get their records because mm. they could they might not want to be resuscitated. Mm. And that could be that's very bad if you resurrect someone like that. Told
1: you I didn't want to come back. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that oh, that must it, all medical fields, isn't it? All all healthcare workers. It's just thank you so much to all you healthcare workers <laughs> yeah. out there. Yeah, we really appreciate you. So what I'm getting around to here is you've got a very academic family. So you went to an academic school and you decided that you showed this love for theatre, is that right?
2: Yeah, so as I was going through school, nothing really clicked. Um, Like I enjoyed music and I, I enjoyed like math, English, creative writing. Like, yeah, but when I got to do drama... It was just such a different take on everything. I remember my first year doing it, we did something called Commedia dell'arte, Latte, which is one of the first um, forms of acting, which is Italian and the whole thing is you get these masks and it represents different classes in society. So there's like Zani. Zani is like the poorest of the poor and when they act they're like squatting mm-hmm. and they're jumping around and getting out of the way of everyone, but they're always mischievous and like silly. And then it does, like, the different classes, like, the managers and, like, the captains of armies and stuff. But they're all slapstick and silly. So, like, the captain is all brave in front of everyone, but then will scream at the slightest sight. Um, Business owners are greedy and they walk like beetles. And if they fall on their back, they can't get up. Mm. It's... It's hilarious. It's not and very
1: fair for business owners, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Describing us as Beatles that can't get off their back.
2: <laughs> but it was just, it was silly and all my friends were in it. I was going to
1: say, did the whole school, did, so when you started these drama classes, was it compulsory or did you go and choose to do it?
2: So there was um, there was a compulsory one you did in year nine. Year nine, you don't choose your subjects just yet. Um, but uh, drama was in it, and you had it, like, once or twice a week. Um, I remember my teacher, her name was Miss Jackson, um, and she was she was just so enthusiastic mm-hmm. about the whole thing. But when we did um, year 10 or year 12, uh, year 11, um, she left the school, and a teacher called Catherine Curd started taking it over. She did not have any qualifications in drama. But what really, like made me admire her was she in her own time and with her own money learned different ways to teach drama so she was going above and beyond for us kids which was just like at the time i didn't really mm-hmm. acknowledge it but now i'm like where would i be without that
1: mm-hmm. um it's funny how you always remember one teacher isn't it mm,
2: and um she like told us oh uh your sister school sacred heart memorial college is putting on a production of what was it um wizard of oz right and i want you all to go just audition for it you don't have to do the show even if you get a part but i just want you guys to audition i remember i was so scared never done anything with the sister school apart from like those social gatherings
1: so when you say sister school that's the all girls catholic Mm. school down the road yeah Yeah.
2: and um we went in and there was only about five six guys there and about like 60 girls in there (laughs) yeah so already you're outnumbered and um you just auditioned in front of everyone just thrown right in the deep end and um it was scary but at the same time I just had so much fun it was so different to everything I've done before because like during this time I was doing stuff like cadets and stuff because I didn't know where I wanted to go in life and cadets was like the only going to the army that's like the fallback for most guys Mm. and um and then, like, I started doing this drama and it was just so, I don't know, it just encapsulated me in this, like, joyous occasion. And then I got the part of the lion, oh. the cowardly lion. And, um, <laughs> I remember for hours I would sit down and I'd watch different movies and uh, videos of it just to, enca- like, see everyone's different opinion on mm. the lion. Yeah. And, um... It was so much fun. One of my friends, his name was Bailey, he memorized every single line from the show because he didn't want to mess up his part. Oh. So he could quote the entire script of Wizard of Oz to you. Um, And, yeah, uh, I wasn't amazing, of course. This is before. I've never done a singing lesson, never done an acting lesson. And that's when, like, someone approached me and they're like, hey, I know these acting classes. You should go do it. Hmm. And I started them stage center with Warren and um it was just it was just getting better and better every single like new thing I learned made me want to learn more and then um Mary Poppins came around and I auditioned for Mary Poppins but at this time they were like okay rehearsals every Wednesdays Saturdays Sundays or whatever but that clashed with my cadets so I remember walking up to my officer at the time I'm like hey sir I'm sorry but I'm gonna have to Resign, drop out of cadets, and he goes, oh, "Oh, why would you want to do that? Like, what's going on?" And I'm like, "I want to be an actor." <laughs> and he goes, "Like, yeah, good for you." Did he? Oh, yeah, that's great. He was great. so supportive. Like, like of course they can't keep you there, and um, but he was like understanding. I was scared he was going to be like, oh, "How old
1: was he?" Oh, oh how-
2: this is like a seventy-year-old man, sixty-year-old right. man, yeah, yeah, done his whole life in the army, now doing training little kids to. Oh. And he supported you. And he was just so nice about it. Like, he wasn't part of, like, the She'll Be Right culture or the manly man. He just was like, yeah, you do you. Mm. Do what makes you happy. And I was like, mm. that's what you should do. Just.
1: Yeah, just do what makes you happy. Mm. Did, you, did, did your parents support you with that?
2: So my parents have always been supportive, no mm. matter what, where I've been going in my life. And um, I remember when I went up to my dad and I was talking about acting. He was like, yeah, I've done acting once. I was a. Uh, uh, the Artful Dodger and yeah. Oliver, my school production of Oliver and that's like his talking piece at the table is oh uh, yeah I was the Artful Dodger um, and then like they keep shooting out like oh there's an audition coming up for this amateur theatre, do you want to do it or um, there's some singing lessons coming up do you want to do that?
1: Right, so they're fully supporting yeah. you.
2: Like they don't fully understand it but they want to yeah. be there for me and yeah. I've always loved them for that
1: So just tell me what it's like then to be, well, first of all, is there any truth in the whole, say if you were coming over to New Zealand now and you had a son who was 12 years old and he loved drama and he loved acting and where he lived in, I don't know, let's pretend he lives in London and he's getting all these roles and he's just, he's, he's fully immersed into it, but his parents want to move him to New Zealand. And they say, oh, I know, but the only thing is I've heard that, you know, male Kiwis are just so, he's not going to fit in, he's going to get bullied, he's going to be outed for the fact that, you know, he's into, tell me your thoughts on that.
2: So I was never bullied at school because right. of acting. Um, of course, I was bullied at school because I'm a small, small kid. Um, but Were you that, bullied at school? Not, like there was no like designated bully, but um, there's always just that one guy that walks by you. Doesn't this this happens nowadays? There's just a guy who thinks they're top dog, just like knock you over in the hall.
1: Oh, little sods, aren't yeah. they?
2: Uh, I just like mm. doesn't bother me. It's not part of my memory anymore. But it was never because of what I liked, and just everyone bullied each other. It's just like that was that's just a part of the New Zealand culture. I'm afraid it's just some people are just trying to be tougher than you. Mm. But I guess that's all over the place. I was really. going to
1: say, yeah, I was bullied at school. No mm. different, is there? You know, girl comes over, sees when you don't have a go back, they're like, all right, come, I'll see you on the playground then, and I'll give you a good going over. Mm. And it's like, yeah, I don't. I, if you're talking about bullying, I don't think that's just New Zealand. It's but, not just
2: New
1: Zealand. And it's interesting to say that. <clears throat> excuse me. It's interesting to say that you didn't get bullied because of your your love for the arts, because that's what I would have imagined. So is that not the case?
2: No, no. Um, because no matter where you go, there'll always be people that share those common interests. And sure, some people don't understand your interests, but they don't care. Right. A lot of the time, they just don't care. They're very self-focused. Because um, like, there was like the sporty kids and stuff, but they don't care that I'm on stage acting. They're too busy running the ball. Right, yeah. Whatever.
1: That's so interesting that you say that because it's so true. Because at the end of the day, it's a really good point that, Finn. At the end of the day, all anyone cares about is himself, <laughs> isn't it? Not really interested what you're doing. It's just like you're like, as in at school. they like you say, they're too busy being the ball champion or whatever, you know. <laughs> Did you do sports at school?
2: When I was in primary and stuff, yeah, I was such a I would, played football all the time. Um, I loved it. And when I got to um high school, uh, yeah, Francis Douglas, it was just it just dropped out of my life.
1: Mm. Like is it not expected of you though, as a Kiwi, to be, you know, what's wrong with you, boy? Why don't you like sport?
2: I mean, not necessarily. Like there's, and you've got like uh, PE, physical education mm. in school, and um, well, they do sports now and then, but it's purely just because they want, they need kids to stay fit, right? And it, the PE is only there to, maybe it will spark in this kid. They might want to be in physical education, whether it be studying biology or like physio Mm. or being in a team that's what school is for the first few years is they just shoot a bunch of subjects at you to see what you like so in your last few years you can drill those last those subjects Mm. for university Mm. Um,
1: Did you like school?
2: I mean yes and no I didn't like school because I just started falling because they kept my favorite subject drama yeah, yeah, in my last year that made me lose a lot of respect for my school and um and they just yeah, it was all academic based in the last few years mm. and though I'm I'm a pretty smart kid, like I know certain things and whatnot, but um. It just wasn't... I just felt like they didn't care for me as a student. Right. Um, and they were just trying to get me through it. Right. But that could have just been my school. I don't know if it's different. I hear different things all the time. It could just be your own interpretation. I could have just been mad at the school. Mm-hmm. But I will always thank school because it gave me such good memories with my friends. Um, like, I just remember because we were the nerdy kids on our computers playing board games, card games, that a teacher, the head of religious studies, was like, oh, yeah, you guys can just chill in my classroom. Just don't destroy it. And I just remember every lunch just going to this classroom and sitting there with my friends, um, just talking. And I still am in contact with a few of them now, even though a lot of them have drifted apart. Um, We're all just doing our own thing. And... Mm. I mean, I would have never been friends with these guys if it wasn't for school. Mm. Um, And I wouldn't have never found drama if it wasn't for school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because, yeah, it just never appeared in my life until the teacher just said, let's do it.
1: Mm. Yeah. So the thing that you loved about school or you're grateful for school is your drama and your friends um but what does what, what, is there anything there that you just think oh, i just want to get into the nitty gritty come on finn tell me about school is there anything there that you think oh when you think back in like oh no
2: <laughs> because i went to a religious school they always were obviously talking religious studies as a compulsory subject no matter what year you were in mm. and as time went by i'm like oh, that doesn't feel right like I started questioning everything a teacher was telling me, Um, and that's just a teenager really just fighting what you're getting told because I always have a memory um, of a teacher. He was such, he was so blunt and very, I'm right, you're wrong, and one day he was talking about abortion, Mm. Um, and he was like, oh, if if you have an abortion, you're playing God. And I was like, that doesn't feel right. Like, why would you be playing God? Mm. He goes, oh, it's because you're taking another innocent life without their consent. Mm. And I stuck up my hand and I was like, sir, but there's like soldiers and like people in the army who have to kill people. Mm. And he goes, that's different because they're protecting other, other life. And... Instantly, I just said, Sir, but usually people who get abortions are protecting themselves from emotional or financial difficulties that could heavily, heavily ruin their lives. Mm. And he just changed the subject. I never got closure on that. So that's, yeah, I. I, That was more of like a (laughs) rebellious kind of stage. Naughty
1: little boy putting your hand up. (laughs) I
2: I mean. In school, you should have the right to ask questions. Yeah, you should. Um, And I just felt like I wasn't, you know, fulfilled as a student.
1: I wonder if that's because it was, that was that particular school that was a religious school or... Because I've heard lots of other kids say that um, when they're at school, they feel as if they have got, they can be heard. And they, you know, they, um, they do feel as if they've got that student support. But actually, you know, listening to what you just said about the drama thing and you didn't feel supported and... That's quite sad, isn't it, that you didn't feel supported like that?
2: Yeah, I'm just. I remember me and one of my fellow students. We took it to the principal. We're like, why did you cancel drama? And he was like, oh, it wasn't my choice. In the end, it was the board, because mm. the, the board has more power than the principal, because that's where he gets his money, pretty much. Mm. And um, and he was like, I, because he was such a nice man. Um, I'm trying to remember his name, it will come to me. Um but he would always try stand up for all subjects because he believes that kids need what they need. Yeah, He was a really good principal. Chamberlain, Martin Chamberlain, that was his name. Oh
1: yeah, I remember when he was the principal there, yeah.
2: He was so supportive. And um, because the board said, oh, they just don't have enough students, Um, which was by one. It was 13, we had 12. Right. and Martin Chamberlain said, oh, we could do a combined class with Year 12 because Year 12 also doesn't have enough students. They just denied it. And I kind of accepted that until I figured out the media studies for the Year 13s so that year had two students in it, and they combined it with the year, the year 12 class, which had three students in it, so five in total. We were just furious. Mm. Like, we had pretty much double their students, yeah. and they shot us down. Um, but that's why I was thankful for extracurricular. Yes. Um, just out of school study, and I wouldn't have, because I got into the drama field pretty late when I was like fifteen, sixteen, and um, so I wanted to take as much information I could before I left school. Um, but yeah, like mm. school, school was. Good and bad, depending on how I'm looking at it in a certain way. Um, I feel like... Because when I was in drama, I felt like I was heard. No matter what I was saying or what my classmates were saying, the teacher was understanding. Because drama is such a creative subject. Um, No one's got the right interpretation of drama. Uh, So, like, with Camilla Delate no matter what you were doing, you were doing it right. Yeah. Um, it's
1: a lovely thing about drama, isn't it?
2: Yeah. And then we moved on to a different style of theatre called Brechtian. Yes. Brechtian, back in like the 1940s, was made in Germany to send a message behind Nazi lines of what the German people are doing to the rest of the world. Done by Bercht Brecht. And... um <laughs> Our little skit that we devised as students was called um, Little Red Dictator, which is a Little Red Riding Hood, but with a...
1: Oh, carry on. Sorry. (laughs) That's my dog just (laughs) banged into the door. (laughs) Hang on, Finn.
2: That's okay.
1: (laughs) Just so people know at home... (laughs) we've got this dog and she can open the doors on her own. So that big banging you heard was her coming into the to the room. Yeah, go on, carry on.
2: So, um, yeah, so Little Red Dictator was about um, Little Red Riding Hood, but with a dictator. Yeah. And it was, I played uh, the revolutionary. So what happened was um, this Little Red Dictator going off to see his grandmother who he's put up in a palace and he's going along and he, Interacts with different civilians and then he interacts with me and I start disagreeing with him because I was the wolf. And um what happens is I like get all the people like that he's talked to and we sneak into the grandma's house and we take her hostage and um it ends really abruptly, so what happens is he just gets a big, the biggest guy we had in this class, huge Samoan dude, to just walk in and just throw us around like we're a newspaper. Mm-hmm. And then he just sits down amongst all the bodies with his grandma and has a cup of tea. (laughs) Um, The awkward thing is Brickdian is supposed to be overacted. It's supposed to be, this doesn't seem like theatre. Yeah. Because it's supposed, you're supposed to realise, oh, this isn't theatre, it's a message. Yeah. Um, I didn't like it at the time because I was just getting into acting. And I wanted to do like, you know, being a character. But now thinking back on it, it's such an interesting art form. Mm. Um, that changed the course of history. The German people might have never figured out what was happening if it wasn't for Brick, to Brick. Mm. Um, So yeah, school does teach you stuff.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you know what's really apparent to me when you talk? Whenever you talk about theatre, you light up. <laughs> You really do. You just all of a sudden that big smile comes on your face. If you obviously you can't see Finn, but he's got the most gorgeous smile that spreads across his whole face. And whenever you talk about theatre, your face, your whole face just lights up. So it's obviously a huge. It is your passion, isn't it?
2: It's just such a amazing art form, where no matter if you're more serious or more laid back, there's a thing, something for you. Like mm. even way back when, like Shakespeare was around, there was dramas and tragedies mm. that just encapsulated the people at the time mm. um and nowadays you've got stuff like musical theater which is just such a laid-back art form mm. um and it, it's it can just get anyone to have a good time mm. that's why i love musical theater singing and dancing and there's serious musical theater like cabaret mm. which sits just before world war Two, and it's so jokey and silly but with such a serious undertone that with the right direction could just make you sit in your seat mm. and in awe.
1: I talked to Tessa, my daughter, the other day and she told me about, so they, she goes to the same drama um, classes as you do, Thespa. Um, big shout out to Thespa by the way fantastic drama school. Um, teaching triple threat isn't it? You're learning dance and singing and But she told me that you had this one night where you all sat down in a circle and basically talked about, you had to write down your fears or, you know, something that was bothering you that was on top of your mind at the time. And she told me about um, a young lad. He was only 40, he's only 14 or 15. And he broke down and opened up to the class and said, you know, I'm 14 years old. Um, I'm teased so much about the fact that I love drama. You know, people call me gay, um, even though I, I don't feel as if I am. And he was just heartbroken, basically. Yeah. Um,
2: but that night he just he opened up and he just wanted mine and Sonny's yeah. opinion because we're both the only guys in the drama class. And he's like, is it normal to be teased? Um, and
1: were you teased?
2: I was lucky enough not to be because they introduced drama when I was like 15, 16. I don't care about other people's opinion at that time. But obviously as a 14 year old, he's so paranoid about people's opinion of him, whether it be his friends, girls, his parents, his, like, peers. Mm. Um, Because he always seeks mine and Sonny's approval in class. He always wants to peer up with us. Um... But he said, like, he just gets bullied at school and gets called gay mm. and whatnot, which, yeah, that never happened to me. But
1: what advice did you give him when he broke down like that? What did you did you offer him any advice or
2: you? We, well, Sonny said the most. He's such a powerful speaker. Um, and he was saying stuff like. You just got to believe us when we say. When you leave school, even just before you leave school you don't care like we don't know what's going on in their life but they're not having a good time if they're having to bully someone else to get joy Mm. um and you just stop hearing it because charlie's lucky enough to have started extracurricular like thespa and his stage center and his movie that he's in currently is he in a movie yes he's It's going to be released in December. It's a New Zealand film called 1976. Brilliant. And it's he plays a character which is the bully.
1: Oh. Um, He'll know all about that then.
0: (laughs) But
2: me sitting here and I'm like, Charlie's in a movie that's getting released in December. They just finished filming like two weeks ago and it's going into editing. And we're like you don't have much to fear in the end because you're doing what you want to do and you're really getting out there and you're only 14. Like, it's amazing. And he put so much effort into class. Like, most most of us in there, we've never danced before. And, um, like, doing these down the rooms where we have to, like, kick to 90 degrees more. It's crazy but then you see him he's just putting all his force into it he's mm. really trying to improve it's just it's admirable seeing this 14 year old mm. doing it um but yeah like it, it makes you just feel so bad because he's just so smiley and friendly in class and it's like why does this happen at school um cause I don't know much about his his school life I only know the negative things, sadly. So I, I just hope that he does have a friend group mm. and whatnot. And it, 14, it's just such a hard year.
1: It's an awful just, age, isn't it? Just
2: growing up. Oh. And, that, and I don't know how much different it is now because it could be so different to when I was 14. And, um. like, give it two years and he might just not care. Mm. Or give it a few weeks, he might realize, because it's all just an internal thing in your mind, because he's going through a stage in his life where there's just so much chemicals pumping into his brain, and he's doubting himself, and he's overthinking, and um, he just has to, yeah, realize that it will change. Yeah. This is just a
1: stage, isn't
2: it? It is just a stage. That's just growing up.
1: (sighs) Sadly, New Zealand has got the, uh, something like the highest percentage in—I the I don't know if it's in the world. Of, it is, the, of, is it the world? Is it? Yeah, you know, of
2: male suicide. Yeah,
1: right? of male suicide. Yeah, um, um, and I, I just, I just wanted to, as a young man yourself, you're 23, aren't you? Uh, 22. 22. How easy is it for young men to open up in New Zealand? Is It,
2: it it's really not. I know it, I definitely have seen it, it's gotten a lot better since I was in school. But, um, like, it's it's really, it was really brought up in school. Just mental health. um, Because, like I said before, it's the she'll be right culture, it's mm-hmm. like, oh man, are you, are you doing okay? I just saw you, you look a bit down. and you said, ah, she'll be right.
1: Just to explain to me what that means, what does it mean when you say she'll be right?
2: So she'll be right just means it's, she'll be okay. Like, she is referring to pretty much yourself, whatever's bringing you down, and then be all right. She'll be mm. all right. Um, and it's, that's, it's just a killer. Because um, I, I, I had a really tough time, especially when I was 16, 17, um, where I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And um, it was just one of those times where nothing got through. Like, no matter what people would tell me or what I did, it just felt like nothing was changing. Mm. Um, But a lot of that was my own fault. I did not... One of the hardest parts about being upset or depressed is seeking help, which a lot of people just don't do. Um, Because I know... Because in New Zealand we've got the district councils and they all have responsibility for the original mental health so the new the taranaki district council has um this their mental health association and i've seen so many posters and signage that's for lifeline and stuff like that which is just a phone number and it's they're just trying to make it sound as casual as possible just to talk Mm. just to unload onto someone because New zealand people though they're big tough and macho they're really respectful of others a lot they don't want to put their problems on you um see it a lot in farmers it's just they're very secluded and their problems are not anyone else's Mm. because they've got enough going on with their own work and whatnot um and that's that's why new zealand has the biggest suicide rate it's because no one wants to talk and then whatever's getting to them just gets worse and worse and worse and worse until it just overflows.
0: Mm.
2: It's crazy how much just speaking to someone can help. Even if they don't give you a solution, just telling them that you're not okay, it's just such a big help. Mm. Um, Because I had a really, really bad night A long time ago and um i remember just sitting there and i was like i can't not tell anyone because if i don't tell anyone i i will die
0: Mm.
2: and i remember it it was like 11 o'clock at night i walked through the kitchen and my dad was there and i was like dad i'm not doing okay
0: Mm.
1: sorry (laughs) oh it's okay Finn. it's okay
2: And he tried to sit me down. He was like, What's up? I can I can talk to you about anything. Mm. But talking to a parent is one of the hardest things. And I was like, Can you just book me an appointment with my doctor?
0: Because
2: mm. um, I need to get checked. He was like, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, we'll do it in the morning. I remember going to bed, waking up and he was he was already at my door by the time I woke up, and he's like, Hey, we can book an appointment right now, can go down later today I was like yeah thanks and from there it started getting better, it was harder, because like when you talk to your doctor usually it's fine because they're a professional, they've got the Hippocratic Oath and whatnot. Um, and I remember saying to my doctor like what's your opinion, and she was like I'm going to give you some pills, they're not amazing, but they can help and though I can't you should really tell your parents. Um
1: the antidepressants. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because she was like, though I she was she's such a good doctor, she was like, I know it's hard and I know you may not find it's normal or you don't want to put your problems onto them. Like, it's so serious. Mm. Um and it just got me like thinking and thinking and thinking and um I didn't end up telling my parents for a long time because my dad's brother um who was still in England but he committed suicide oh. um and the worst thing is he was one of the funniest and brightest people in the family and he just one day just didn't mm-hmm. you yeah. know um I didn't tell my parents until oh, probably the start of 2019 um
1: when did this happen? When did you go to the
2: doctors? Uh I did it in early twenty eighteen. Right. So a whole um, like, year you didn't tell my parents. A whole year I didn't tell my because I just couldn't find the strength to do it. And it wasn't I I it wasn't even me that told them in the end. I remember I was just talking to my mum and um she saw signs and uh I because my mum's professional. She's always she's dealt with stuff, so she wasn't really phased but I remember walking through and talking to my parents, and my dad was just in tears. Um, I I didn't know what to tell him
0: mm.
2: because it's, it's not like they've done anything wrong. Because obviously they were probably doubting like their abilities as parents, um, but it wasn't them. Mm. It was me. Um, I was just not thinking life through. Um, But yeah, like there's so much like I could could have done to be better before I did something bad. Mm. I just didn't think things through. Because um, yeah, the "she'll be right" culture—you don't want to put your problems on someone else, especially like your emotional problems. Mm. Mm.
1: Did you feel as if you had? Oh, first of all, before I even go on to that, thank you so much for just sharing that, because that would have been so difficult to share. And I really, really appreciate your vulnerability and your openness. Thank you so much, because I know it's not easy to sit across from someone and tell them that. So I think just by what you've just done and telling people and being open about that, I know for a fact that as a, as a parent myself, I would appreciate that so much because What you've just done is lifted the lid on things that people don't often talk about you know and especially the whole new zealand culture you know just that whole even when you just said i didn't want to put it on my parents it's so interesting that you should say that because it's like it's obviously been part of your culture that you don't go to people and unload your problems because
2: it's just yeah like it's never addressed well i don't know if it is now but it was never addressed Yeah. Um, like you'd go to health class at school and it's all like physical health. Mm. It wasn't, they they brush up on mental health, but it's, it's not much. Um, I don't know if that's religious school or whatever. They just, yeah, it's, it's, I started learning a lot more when I left school because I was left to my own devices and could research mm. and with the power of the internet, you can do anything now. Um, and it just takes an hour to go onto Reddit, Facebook, whatever, and just see people's stories. Mm -hmm. Um, of course, sometimes you're like, oh, that doesn't seem real or that doesn't seem right. But then you see one story and it's just like, oh, that I relate to that because people are sad about different things. Mm -hmm. No, 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 not really. It's rare that you have the exact same problem. Um... Because it could have been things you've done in the past, which you may not be so proud of. And just not talking about it looms and looms and looms. And it gets to the point where it's not affecting you directly, but then, I don't know, you like spill a glass of water or you stub your toe and you think the world hates you. Yes, yeah. Um, and that's just like, it's just not talking. Mm. <laughs> it's It's the thing, it's talking to another human just solves so much, um, because, like, though, yes, messaging someone, like, texting someone about it can be fine, but it does not hit as hard or doesn't feel as real as doing it face-to-face mm-hmm. with someone, um, and though, yeah, like, I keep saying, it's, it's hard, it is really hard to talk, but it just gets better once you do, um, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's your own view on everything. Um. Yeah.
1: So, what, what you, what was it? Just a build up? Nothing. One, not one big thing happened to you that made you think oh, all of a sudden I'm sad. Was it just a build up of just growing up and coping with life and yeah the whole she'll be right culture? And was it just?
2: So it was. For me personally it was something would go wrong and I would think this pain's only temporary or Yeah, I know that's bad, but she'll be right.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then maybe something else will happen that adds another layer to the shelf or whatever. Then something else and then something else and something else and something else. And it could be I'm at work and I drop a plate and you just think you're the stupidest person on the planet and you're thinking like just why you could have done better you could have done amazing why did you do that and um yeah it it was just adding more to the pile more to the fire until it just gets a bit too out of control Mm. and then stuff like alcohol and drugs which people use to numb the pain, can sometimes just fuel it.
1: Did you use alcohol and drugs?
2: Um, I used alcohol a lot. It's a big factor why I don't drink as much anymore. Mm. Um, Because when I was drunk, I wasn't really thinking. So I usually blamed what I did when I was drunk on the alcohol. Right. I did use drugs now and then. It was mainly social like, um, to loosen up. Um, but it didn't help
1: mm-hmm. because
2: stuff like marijuana, it, um, it can heighten emotions as well, especially if you're already anxious or already upset, it can just send you into a panic attack or an anxiety attack. So it, it, it can be an extreme. You could either feel really good or really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's alcohol and depression it just it's just such a bad combo Mm. um because if you're sad or you're irrational alcohol helps you do those decisions um because something when you're sober you might say i'd never do when you are drunk it's i might do Mm. Mm. um yeah, it's just...
1: There's quite a big drinking culture in New Zealand, huge, isn't there? Yeah,
2: huge, huge, drinking culture in yeah. New Zealand. Um, I've not really researched it to other places. I know, like, American universities and stuff have huge drinking cultures. Yeah. But um, it's all through New Zealand life. You go to a pub and you see, like, a 70-year-old just getting on it and mm. one glass after another. Because, um, like, 21sts here, you do, like, a yardie, which is... A meter tall glass of your choice of alcohol. Yeah, and um, you're supposed to drink it. If you don't drink it, you're a bit, you're a bit weak.
1: Oh, is that right? Yeah. Is that what they? Yeah.
2: There's also the 21 shots, but 21 shots is the weaker alternative. I never celebrated a 21st like that, mm. um, but I've been to parties like that. Um, it's just the Kiwi thing to. Be tough and like you just see especially kiwi young adults and kiwi late teens is um just doing a lot of dumb stuff mm. like as you probably hear on this road a lot just driving really fast yeah yeah races yeah um getting that adrenaline pumped into you yeah um and as a lot of people can know dopamine adrenaline affects the brain especially when you're growing older Mm. um that's because that's a common thing people hear is with marijuana it has no negative effects but it can have major negative negative effects to people under the age of 21 because as the brain develops um it keeps developing for a majority of your life but uh from your young age to 21 it's like the core development stage um, but when you have dopamine into it via adrenaline or whatever it slows the production of brain cells which slows brain production so though people say marijuana won't kill me it's just going to make you dumb
1: mm, yeah um that's interesting yeah. information that because i've never thought about it like that
2: it's yeah this is something I learned when I was out of school yeah um
1: you learn all the good stuff when you leave school <laughs> don't you <laughs> well, like
2: it just leads me to my own devices yeah um and you're and very
1: inquisitive you're always learning new stuff aren't you I just, and just love
2: those silly history facts or the did you knows or yeah. something you can bring up and someone learns something new it's yeah it may not be helpful but it sure is fun
1: We're going to talk about that in a minute, actually, because there's something I. before we go, I just want to talk about a a business idea that you've got. And yeah, let's just discuss that. But the other thing I want to say as well is I we've lived here for 13 years. And as I've got Sonny, you know, my, my, my son, he's 20. And I was always paranoid about this whole he was homeschooled. So he wasn't exposed to what you're saying at the school. But. It was always and he's very much into the theatre like you are and, you know, he's a creative and it was always my fear. I remember just being scared of like, oh, my God, what if he's bullied? You know, what if he goes depressed? What if he goes down that route of exactly what you've just described, Finn, you know? Yeah, and we we I I made a point of always probably a bit too much actually because it's like let's talk, you know. It's like (laughs) no, I don't want to talk to you anymore. (laughs) Go away. But I remember going to England on um, when we went and did our world trip, and I had this thing in my head that it was just New Zealand. It was just New Zealand that had this big drinking culture and drug problem, and you know. And I was going to go to England, and I was kind of remembering England how it was back in the eighties when I was growing up, you know, as a teenager. And I remember being so shocked. We went and stayed with um, some people, and um, yeah, it was just like the, the, the young people. Like they were, they were like twenty between twenty twenty and twenty between twenty and thirty. And they would talk about drugs as if it was like they were having sugar in their tea. It was like, oh, yeah, we're going to go out and we're going to take a load of... I don't even know what the drugs are called, you know, whatever they were taking. And we're going to take poppers or uppers. Uh, And then on Tuesday, we're going to take... And then we're going to feel down, so we'll have to take some more uppers to make us feel... I think they called it something like Suicide Tuesday or something, like, you know, because they were feeling so down.
2: That's... That's university culture. Right. So, Um, yeah. It's... Because when... I I remember, I forgot who I was talking to, but they were talking about the university and it was like, you want to ruin your life in your first year at university so it can only get better from there. Oh, God. (laughs) that's (laughs) such a dumb way to look at it. Like, they say like, oh, if you take all the drugs and whatnot, you can figure out what works for you. And I was talking to my friend Cullen about drugs because he, he likes to peruse drugs. What does that mean? uh, use them now and then, tries okay. new things. But he's kind of a hippie. He only takes natural or whatever. And he's like, one of the depressing things is, is like during the first year of school, you every you go to a party and people are just taking ecstasy, shrooms, weed.
1: Where are they getting this stuff from though? Where do you get ecstasy from?
2: I'm unsure. Um, but it's like, it's kind of like candy. People just somehow have it. like and they have it by abundance um and it's it's not cheap because i've i've bought weed before Mm. um it's expensive like it's crazy how much it is but uh, that's why i understand why people who are usually addicted to drugs are in poverty yeah um Mm. and he was saying something like so 20 people in your dorm uh take drugs recreationally and 19 out of those 20 people will just keep using it now and then just as a layback you've just done a bunch of study time to relax but then there's that one person that just can't kick it Mm. and it ruins the university life um because they will most likely drop out and they'll keep searching for that high what you see is these people that are addicted to drugs usually have a bad life before they take drugs or they might have a really good life that they're numb to because what the drugs do is it gives them something new.
0: Mm. It gives
2: them that either adrenaline or that relaxation that they just can't grab from anything else. And even though there's probably something they can do to get that relaxation, it's an easy way. Yeah. And it's in the palm of their hand um and that it's just the slippery slope like they could come from a really abusive household or something and then they take a drug which gives them a really good night on the town like they go out with their friends and they are just feeling so positive and they're not getting hurt and they're whatever and it's something they just want again so they do it the next night Mm. and then the next night and then they're out of money so they buy more and um they get in debt and whatever um but it, it's it's like with university it's just one of those things it's so common mm. to drink and go out obviously not everyone does mm. um because some people majority do go to Extend their knowledge and careers.
1: Yeah. Really? Um,
2: yeah. <laughs> um, but there is people that go to university but then focus on something else.
1: Yeah. yeah. So
2: they get a debt for taking drugs or, whatever, mm. or they get a debt for not paying attention in class. Mm um i didn't go to university obviously
1: no so going back to but the thing in england the reason i told you that is because it made me just feel almost better because it's like okay well it's not just new zealand then like you know it's like this is going on in the other in other parts of the world it was almost like a bit of an eye-opener for me then but yeah i mean i know like we say that you could talk about that forever the whole drinking culture and yeah. you know
2: no matter where you go in the world there will always be drugs and yeah. there will always be something new zealand is one of the best Mm. like with positive like enforcement kind of with this yeah um it like it's because like with the suicide rate though it's one of the highest our death rate in new zealand is one of the lowest still right um and it's always aged between 18 to 25 Mm -hmm. it's the biggest how old Death. were
1: you when you went to the doctors with depression?
2: I was 17.
1: 17, so right. So I
2: was like just before. Yeah. Um, but it was um, like this is all the statistics that I've read up on. Yeah. And because um, like I remember when I went to Boston in America and <laughs> went to the uh, tourism place and he goes... Boston has the lowest si- uh, lowest, uh, homicide rate in America at the moment. We only had three hundred homicides last year. Oh, no. And my dad walks up and he goes, "We had zero. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Um, That's a good Boston accent. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> I liked that
2: acting. Um, yes. and no, it was. It was. It's amazing going to another place and learning their what well, they're positive about. Mm. Like three hundred homicides. That's That blows my mind. I remember when we had the horrific um, mosque
1: Mm. uh,
2: terrorist attack. Yeah. And I can't remember how many people passed. I think it was...
1: I think something like 32, 33, wasn't it? Yeah.
2: And that sent me into, like, a gong. I was like, how could that happen in New Zealand? Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, like, because I know it's horrendous, but in America, these school shootings and, Mm. like, all the time.
0: Mm. And
2: like it's crazy to think about that like what's going through these kids minds or Mm. these people's minds to make them turn to something like that which is so it's just horrendous Mm. um and it's 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 because i thought potentially taking my own life was a bit too much and just thinking of using my depression to take another life Mm. it's like it defeats the whole point of what i was upset about because i didn't want to hurt anyone else i didn't want to burden anyone else it's like because i've done my research and i know that all these people have been hurt or bullied or whatever and they want to inflict that pain onto the people that hurt them Mm which is it's so sad thinking that they think death is a justifiable punishment for getting picked on mm. though getting picked on is terrible it can scar someone for life taking their life we don't know what comes next though we have theories or we have f- faith religion of where we go we don't ultimately know where we go in the end Mm. um because as we said like in the uk drugs and alcohol is such a big thing and um yes in new zealand it also is a big Mm. thing but it's one thing i see with your family is you're so you're such a tight-knit group like how your siblings talk to each other how they talk to you Though you guys have an argument now and then it's always resolved. I really have arguments with my family, but at the same time, I never socialize with my family mm. because um, though they support my drama and interests, they it's not their cup of tea. Um, that's why they're so happy that I'm traveling with mm. you guys mm. and um, getting to see the world because that's something they're so enthusiastic about and they're so excited for me. And for all I know, I might get addicted to it. I might not want to stop traveling. Mm. Um, but in the end, it's like, yeah, it's. <laughs> I forgot where I was in with this, but um.
1: You probably won't stop traveling when you go. But let me just <laughs> let me just jump in there. So and so, let me just. So you, because oh we've been going over. Can you believe we've been talking for an hour and five minutes? We oh, were like, know. oh, it only takes twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so let me just wrap it up and say. Um, I, I could talk to you f- forever, to be honest. It, he's such a fascinating guy, and so inspirational as well, just by sharing your, your experience and just... Mm-hmm. the reason I think you're inspirational is because I know you, and I know I didn't know about so much of, about your troubles that you went through when you were younger. I, you know I had an idea, but I didn't know the details of it. And so to know you now, you are such a, I don't I don't know anyone more positive than you. You are a very very positive guy. Um you know you nothing is too much of a problem for you. You're you don't gossip behind people's you you know you know you're not one of these people like, oh my god you know this has happened you're just a positive guy. You are whether you realize it or not. You are. You're lovely to be around because it's like, oh, Finlay, I'll make it all all right. It's okay, like you know. It's like, (laughs) and that's why we're looking forward to travelling with you because it's great travelling with people like that. And but how did you get from a place of such deep, you know, you were literally crying to your dad and saying, "Take me to the doctors." How did you get from that place to your mindset that you are now? What would you say that was?
2: Well, I mean, believe it or not, I've always been. I've always tried to be positive and energetic and kind to others, Mm. even when I was in my darkest stages. But I thought that I couldn't be positive and kind and reassuring if I was giving them my problems. But as I said before, it's it's just talking. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Though I'm sad, it doesn't change who I am. Um... Because what people can be scared about, it's, oh, here comes Finley. He's just going to bring down the whole group again. It's not that. Because, like, those the people who mind don't matter. Yeah. And the people who matter don't mind. I
1: love that quote Such so much. Such a good much. quote. Yes. It's Dr. Zeus. I love that quote. And um, it's so true.
2: It's so true. And there's also just, it's okay to not be okay. Mm. It, you're never a burden on the people who matter. Because they want you around um and though sometimes it may feel like you have no one there's always someone whether it be like i play video games all the time there's someone i'll play video games with what if i stop playing video games with them they're going to be a little upset Mm. if i go play dungeons and dragons every week how would those people feel if i just stopped showing up it's it's the small things. Mm. Like, though it doesn't seem like much to you, there's someone it could mean so much about. Mm. Like, like I, I think about it a lot. Like, if I went through and I just wasn't here, how my dad would feel. I had, I had so many friends at the time. And I thought, like, man, like, I play video games with this person on the daily. And how would they feel if they just stopped having the person to play games with anymore? It's... It's... What you don't think about at the time. Which, afterwards, it's really hard. Um... Plus, I have amazing people I'm around with now, and it's crazy to think I might have not experienced it. Mm. Um... Because like what I figured out, I'm really good at dance. I'm very yes. natural at dancing, which I would have never done. And it's such a joy in my life. Um, and I want to keep doing what I like to do. Um, because know, it makes me happy. Mm. Keeps me something. It keeps me occupied.
1: <laughs> so tell me about what you. Before I let you go, tell me about because you had some plans about. Well, you've got lots of plans, but one of your ideas was to do some sort of podcast. Just tell me about where you see yourself, you know, what, what what would you like to see yourself going forward?
2: Um so I had still have this little idea. Uh, it's still working with it because I'm just trying to find a good starting topic mm. and the right stuff to use. But it's just to share my little facts mm. um about different things like whether it be about Greek mythology or about what soda was used for 100 years ago. It's It's just fascinating to think about how people thought and how silly it was to what we do now. Like we were talking last night about different makeup used and um, like lead paint and whatnot, which now is is so silly. Like how on earth did they think that was good for them? Mm -hmm. Corsets, which were breaking people's ribs. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) uh, I just find that so interesting. And being able to share that with people, in a way that's not too complex or boring, or in my own way, is what I would have wanted. Yeah. And yeah, if because obviously if I would have wanted it, someone else might want it.
1: Yeah, that's right, isn't um, it?
2: Because I'm not the only like one thinking this way. <laughs> um, it's it was- a big thing about the Greek mythology is I fall in love with Greek myth- mythology after I leave school, but it's so. Irritating sometimes to research because it can get so boring Um because it's all written in old old people um And It can just get to a point where it's like wait what's going on? But It's simplified it down It's so funny or it's so interesting and like they used to do plays about Greek mythology back in like Shakespearean times um, that was like one of the biggest things, but bringing that back could just be a new form of entertainment. It would be great. Yeah. I think
1: that would be really, really cool.
2: I could, I could talk about mythology for yeah, hours. I know you I, can. I yeah. It.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think yeah. that, that, I think when you said that it was like, you've got to do something like that. I think there's so many things you can do. There's so many things you can do. Just, even talking about what you've been through and you know how they say like bad things happen to you so you can take that on and like if that hadn't happened to you you wouldn't be able to uh, help someone else with that and yeah I I love that quote be the help you needed Um, yeah yeah, I love that because it's um, you've got so much that you so much potential that you could do you know and the other thing I just wanted to say to you before you go, because as always, before you go, an hour later, um, um, you know, it's. It, I think it's so easy. We were talking about. I talked about this with Tess. Just brushed on it. It's so easy, I think. And this isn't just for your age group. Or it 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 never stops. To be honest, Finn. You know, you meet you meet someone, and you're like, oh, they're doing so much better than me. And I'm. It struck me how you said, oh, I'm just a waiter at the thing. And I I, I feel very passionately about that because. I think whatever you're doing, if you're doing it well, then you're learning something from that and you're going to take it forward. You know, mm. you, you, it can feel at times that you're, oh, well, I'm not at university and I'm not an actor and I'm not in a film like Charlie and I'm not doing, do you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. oh, what am I doing? I'm just working at a done. I have this conversation with Tess a lot, you know. And it's like, no, what you're doing Right now, you're learning something so valuable. Even like yesterday when I came into the diner to see you guys, I just popped in to say hello. You're so good at your job. And that doesn't mean you're going to work in a diner for the rest (laughs) of your life. You're just going to take what you've learned from this job and, and take it forward. But also, Finn, the people that were stood there talking to you in that diner that have thought, it's Easter Sunday. We're going to go out for lunch today. And you meet them at the door. And you make their day so special because I could hear how you were talking to them. I was standing in the doorway listening. And it's like, you know, you've, you, you just bring so much positivity and energy and you're so needed right now, right there. You are needed. You are valuable, you know. And so I just wanted to remind you of that, that. Even if you don't stay there for whatever, how many years, and you go on to do something different, each pocket of your life, each little bit that you're doing is so valuable. You're learning so much and you are bringing so much of you to whatever it is you're doing. And so, yeah, I just think it's important for you to remember that because Brian, you know, he's always saying, Life's a race, and then what happens when you get to the end? Like you know, you just die, which is really depressing. But you know, trust Brian to bring things down. But I kind of get what he's saying because we're all in such a a race to get there. Where I don't know, but just there, you know. And it's like, oh no, but just enjoy getting
2: there, you know. Like I hear that a lot. It's like people like you need to get to where you're going. It's like, yeah, I do need to get to where I'm going, but how fast do I have to get there? Mm. Like, I've heard different people say, like, I've got 100 years on this planet, or I've got to get it done before I'm 30, or whatever. What? Why have you got to? Mm. Like, depending on what you believe in, you don't, might not got to do anything. I just have the philosophy of, I'm on this planet, I want to be happy. Because YOLO, you only live once. Yeah, um, yeah. It's... it's Why should I spend this time either being sad or making other people sad Mm. when I could just bring a little bit more joy Mm. to everything?
1: And you do. Very much so, you do. So... Yeah, you're just like a, a great example of a of a, a modern day Kiwi man. <laughs> we should do this advert, you know. Well, introducing the modern Kiwi man, <laughs> Finlay. <laughs> no, you are. You just. Oh, I I just I have I just know that you you, you you're going to go on to do fantastic things. Just it, it, just all the knowledge you have and the way you listen and the way you talk and just yeah. You're a good guy, Finn. <laughs> You're a good you. guy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you and just thank you for just chatting to me. And it's
2: been enjoyable. It has, really, really yeah, a good time. it's
1: really been lovely. So, OK, darling, until next time. Uh, yeah, until next time. OK, all right. Finn. Bye. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this week. We have loved having you here with us.
2: If you love this week's show, please share this with your friends. Send it to anybody you know that wants to think about moving to New Zealand and get on over here yourself.
1: Tell them how brilliant it is as well. And also, if you haven't signed up for our free five-day video guide showing you what life is like, really like, in New Zealand, then go over to the website and sign up. You are missing out. This is brilliant. Go over to www.news.org nz ahead slash free and we will send you five days worth of videos about what life is like in New Zealand you are going to love it so one more time that website that you need to sign up for the free five-day guide is www.nz ahead slash free so we're going to see you next week until then have a great week we'll speak to you soon. Bye.
0: Bye. (laughs) Say bye again. Bye. Bye.